Welcome to the interview chair. My name is Jimmy Casas and I am your host. Are you an educator who is currently feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, or wondering if you can continue to do this work? Visualize yourself back in the interview chair. You are genuine, sincere, and full of passion. You convinced the group of people that you were the best person for the job and you believed it. That is the real you. Thank you for joining me as I take you back to the interview chair to remind you of why you wanted to become an educator. Welcome to episode four of the interview chair. My name is Jimmy Casas and I am your host. Before we get started today, if you have not heard, Recalibrate the Culture on Audible is now available on Amazon. I cannot tell you how jacked up I am about this. And if you've been enjoying the podcast to this point, I hope you'll check it out. Today, I want to focus on the importance of building capacity. I still remember sitting in that interview chair and being asked the question, how would I empower others? How would I build a community of leaders to help me lead the organization? And I remember talking about the importance of doing that and doing that effectively. In fact, I think I recall, if I remember, I think I remember saying something like, yeah, well, I hire great people and I just get out of their way. You know, as I reflect back on that, I certainly see it different now. And it really is about truly empowering people, but it's empowering others from the heart of a teacher. And that's how I want you, the listener, to think about it today. How are we truly growing, developing our people? And what is the approach that we're taking when we do that? And I want you to think about it as coming from a teacher, because that's who we really are at the core of our being. So let me ask you this. Have you ever delegated a task to someone only to be disappointed in the result? I certainly recall having that experience many times and throughout my career. And each time it happened, I grew more frustrated with my staff to the point I complained about them, quit asking them, and worse yet, even labeled them at times. Have you ever not delegated a task to someone because, well, you convinced yourself that by the time you explained it to them, you could have already done it yourself? Too much hassle to explain it when I can just do it myself, and quicker, and better, my ego would often remind me. And it was that same ego that would catch me, and then trap me in those moments of feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, and then wearing that exhaustion as a badge of honor because of all the things I had to do. And then, of course, turning around and complaining about it at the same time. I recall an experience I had with one of our staff members who I had asked to serve as a game manager for a volleyball game. Now, for those of you who have worked in the secondary level, you know that, well, covering activities and events in the evenings and on the weekends can really begin to wear you down. So it's important that we look for those game managers and those assistants who can support us in that role. Well, in this case, I had met with one of my teachers. Well, her name was Pam. And I remember... And I remember asking her if she was interested or would be interested, I should say, in covering an event for me uh, one evening. And she seemed excited and was looking for ways to supplement her income. And she saw this as an opportunity to pick up some extra hours. I remember describing to her in detail what she would need to do that evening as she quickly scrambled, right, to write everything down. And when I was done talking, I asked her if she had any questions, to which, of course, she said, well, no, I I think I got it all. I recall even telling my secretary at the time how excited I was about Pam covering for me and that eventually this would give me hopefully some additional support that I had been looking for. That evening I sent her a quick text to see how things were going and she assured me that everything was going well. 
Well, the next morning, my secretary walks into the office and tells me that Pam had called her in a panic because, well, the gate and concession monies were missing. She had actually taken the money home with her, and she believed that someone had stolen it from her car. And I remember thinking, what the heck was she thinking? I can't believe that she would take that money home. I, I just couldn't even imagine her doing that, after, especially after, well, you guys know this, specifically telling her, right, that that money at the end of the night needs to go in the safe, not to take it home, right? We've all been there at some point where money goes missing or money is stolen out of a teacher drawer or something like that out of the desk in a classroom, and we certainly didn't want that to happen. I remember thinking, oh my goodness, I wonder how much money that actually entails, and when my secretary told me it was $1,500, I got to tell you at that moment, I wasn't sure if I was more angry about it or if I was just sick to my stomach. And as bad as I thought that was, guess what? The day was only going to get worse. As the day went on, I started getting additional complaints throughout the day. Um, I remember the head of officials calling me. Let's see, the custodians, I believe, were, came to my office to complain. Parents were frustrated. And yes, of course, the booster club. Can you imagine? It's not good when you run out of pizza or walking tacos, right? Customers are not happy. Boosters members feel like they're losing money. And they were certainly frustrated. I still remember, right, that at the end of that day, I was exhausted. I felt beat up. And I was convinced that I would never, ever allow anyone to ever manage a game for me again. See? That's what we get for trying to delegate and empower to others. Here I was again. I should have just done it myself. If you listened to episode three last week, I talked about the difference between perimeter ship, uh, excuse me, perimeter leadership and inner leadership. And you guessed it, I was certainly on the perimeter. But here's the thing if I reframe it, I can now see it differently. See, Pam had done her best, right? She certainly didn't want to lose that money. She didn't want the stress that she endured as she worried about the consequences that would follow. And I know this, she, she certainly didn't want to disappoint me. And as, as upset as I was at the time for the extra work that this situation created, I honestly can tell you I felt bad for Pam. And that's what I want to reflect on today is how often are we delegating or trying to empower others and basically just telling them what we want them to do? And then we don't get the result we want, and we get frustrated with them, and sometimes we even begin to label them. Or as I shared earlier, heck, by the time I explain it, I could have just done it all myself. If you remember back in episode two, I talked about the importance of, well, what happens while we're getting overwhelmed and how we're trying to do everything ourselves. And here's a perfect example, is we just convince ourselves that we can just do it ourselves. And the problem with that is you'll just keep doing more and more and more. So that's why today I want to share with you a framework. It's a, it's a framework for delegating. Uh, it's actually a delegation coaching framework that I created. And I created it for me, to be honest with you, but more importantly, I also created it for others because I wanted others to experience success and I wanted to build their confidence and their ability to perform their responsibilities at a high level. So I want to share right now with you that five-step framework that I want you to reflect on. Number one, continue to tell people what to do. We certainly have to start there, but we need to be very clear. We need to be clear in our expectations 
we need to make sure that they are clear what we're asking them to do, right? So that's still fine. We still need to tell people what we need them to do. But that's, my friends, is not empowering people. That is not delegation. And we're probably not going to get the results we want. So I'm going to ask you to take it another step forward. And that is, or excuse me, I should say another step more, right? And that is to not only tell them, but to show them, to model it. So now we not only need to be clear about it, we also need to model it. Because once you've clearly explained to the individual what you need them to do, then we need to provide a model by allowing them to observe us doing what we're asking them to do. So if we expect them to perform at a high level, well then let's show them what a high level looks like. Let's show them what excellence looks like. And after that, guess what? If they watch you do it, they're probably going to be convinced, well, I listened to them tell me what I needed to do, and I wrote it down, and now I've watched it, so I think I'm ready to go. And they might be. But what if we were to protect ourselves and take it even another step further and, took, and take time, excuse me, to observe them? <clears throat> See, in these expectations that we have, by observing the individual do what we're asking the do, we can now see for ourselves where they're either meeting or not meeting our expectations, and then we can fill in the gaps, right? So we observe them and we see them. And that, my friends, begins the coaching cycle. We're observing, giving feedback, asking questions, answering questions. That is critical in the work, that coaching cycle. Remember, to see it from the heart of a teacher? That's right. This is the time for questions and providing feedback. And this does begin that coaching cycle, that delegation coaching cycle. As both people are now invested in sharing feedback, asking clarifying questions, and of course, modeling how things should be done. This is, in my opinion, the most critical step for building confidence. The three C's of Culturize. Make the connections, build people's confidence, and of course, therefore, they'll feel capable. And of course, this could result in additional opportunities for observation. In other words, we're going to stay in that coaching cycle, the observation and feedback and observation and feedback until we are certain that they can do it at the level that we need them to do it at. And the final step is the replication step. That's where capacity really begins to be built, in my opinion. This is the stage at which we now allow the individual to become the teacher having them follow the same framework, these five steps, or excuse me, I should say it's four because this is the fifth step that I previously mentioned above. And so therefore, we now delegate to them not merely the tasks, but also the opportunities to grow and develop the capacity of others. I hope you'll take time to consider this step-by-step -step framework to help you empower people and delegate to others and hopefully, hopefully get the results we want. My friends, it is time to recalibrate, but let's recalibrate from the heart of a teacher. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And I hope that you would join me each week as I try my very best to take you back to the interview chair. Because I know this, that when you sat in that interview chair, that, my friends, was the best version of you. Be sure to check out my website at jimmycasas.com backslash the interview chair for links, resources, and show notes. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at casas underscore jimmy. 
If you enjoyed today's show from the interview chair, subscribe to Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast to ensure you never miss an episode.